My name is Jeremy Devins, and this is the Yoga Teacher Training Podcast. And today's episode is the key to taking student requests. And this is what I teach in the Quiet Mind Yoga Teacher Training, which is now open for the next enrollment. You can join at quietmind.yoga slash YTT or the link in the show notes. And there's some info sessions coming up where you can learn all about it, how I teach in 10 core competencies to make sure that you feel really confident with all aspects of yoga, including anatomy, alignment, Ayurveda, asana, meditation, philosophy, history. It's all laid out in a very systematic, clear way, easy to follow, easy to succeed, including how to take student requests, which I feel is one of my strengths and something that I think that people love. And I always get amazing feedback from students on this that they feel like That was exactly what I needed in the class. And somebody can say that who is a brand new student and at the same time somebody who's been practicing for 10 years and is a teacher and had low back pain in the same class. Those different people from completely different backgrounds with different needs can say that. So there's a lot that goes into how to teach in a way that every student can come to your class and feel like they're welcome, that they can get what they need from the class and have their own unique experience because yoga is ultimately a very personal practice, their own experience, their own inner union experience that we do in the asana and meditation-based practice. So how do we do that? How do we create a space where everybody feels like they get what they came for, even in a general all-levels public class, whether it be in person or online? So the number one thing that I think is most important above all else, I'm going to go through nine steps, but this number one thing first is sort of the key behind all of it that makes it all work. And it's one of the limbs of yoga. It's one of the eight limbs of yoga. And within that, it's one of the niyamas. It's one of the five niyamas. Do you remember the niyamas? Saucha, santosha, tapas. Svadhyaya, Ishvari Pranidana. So it's Svadhyaya, self-study. So self-awareness. And this comes to your own practice, your own studies, taking classes, working with teachers, but also doing your own practice and having your own experience. So through self-study, Svadhyaya, this is how you're able to take multiple different student requests for multiple different needs And I encourage my students in the teacher training to always be exploring different modalities beyond just hatha and vinyasa and yoga modalities and pranayama. These things are phenomenal and that's what I teach. That's the system that I study and practice and teach. But there are amazing things we can learn from other systems as well. So always be learning within the yoga system and outside of the yoga system. So we learn how a kinesiologist works with low back pain. Or an acupuncturist works with energetic blocks in the body. And through these ways of different modalities and learning yoga in depth, of course, meditation, but also always being a student, always seeking to learn more. This is how we have a wealth of resources to draw from. So when somebody comes to us and says, I've got congestion, uh, you know, if you take requests in the beginning of a class, someone says congestion, what do you think to do to work with that? So this really brings me to my first of my nine points to consider here is number one is, should you take requests? Should you just show up and have a sequence and teach that? Or should you show up with no plan and just ask for requests and see what people want? Or somewhere in the middle? 
if you know much about me, you know I tend towards the middle ground on all of these things and in most topics. So I early on would plan very intentional sequences, very precise. It's okay, we're gonna do this and that, and it works together perfectly. This is gonna be awesome. And early on in my teaching, I set up this class, it's all about the shoulders. So it's gonna be an amazing class for the shoulders. And I go to sit down to teach. And I check in with the students. How are you doing? Any requests for today? And somebody said, well, I just had a shoulder injury, so I can't do anything with my shoulder. All right, so there goes my plan. I'm not going to do this whole whole sequence, this whole plan that I laid out that was perfect and brilliant. They were going to have this life-changing transformation. And now I have no idea what I'm doing. All right, so to start over and drop any expectation that I can have all the answers and be perfect and have everything prepared because I just can't. And that's life, of course. So I had to drop my plan in that moment and make up something and it ended up being awesome. And she gave great feedback and she said, oh, that was perfect. That was just what I needed. Um, and, and I don't think that I'm special or brilliant in any way to be able to do that. I think it's just that yoga has this immense wealth of resources that we can share from. And it can be pranayama, meditation, asana, different positions of the body. There's different ways we can work with the shoulders or different areas of the body that are not what we planned. So for me, I usually have a general theme I approach a class with. Maybe it's working with the root chakra or working with arm balances, right? I might go as far as a category of poses, but I would not say we're all going to do crow pose today because guess what? A lot of people can't do crow pose and no matter how much they practice and try, for whatever reason, it doesn't work for their body. And we don't need to try to get in there and say, oh, well, if you just did this, then you'd be able to do crow pose. But that's kind of antithetical to the idea of yoga, right? So I like to take requests. I like to have a theme in mind and then adapt that theme based on the request. So I might have one person say low back pain, another person says tight hamstrings, another person says shoulder injury. All right, so I'm gonna kind of process all that in my brain and eliminate a lot of poses and focus on other ones. Uh, and that's how I generally approach it. And of course, it's a much longer conversation the specifics of that. But yes, I do take requests and I do encourage taking requests because you don't know. You don't know if somebody doesn't look pregnant, but they're pregnant. And okay, that's going to change a lot of your sequence. And you want to know that sort of thing. You don't know they just had an injury. It can't, you can't tell just by looking at them, but they tell you, okay, that's going to change. And I think uh, it's, it's, a, it's a skill to acquire. Right? It's not easy to, to take out half of your sequence and then uh, try to adapt on the fly because you didn't plan for shoulder injury. But it is doable. And it comes from having a pretty wide range of experience in self-study and teaching and, and learning with different teachers to be able to do it as totally possible. So keep within the scope of practice though, right? We're yoga teachers, we're not physical therapists, we're not doctors, we're not sports medicine doctors. We have a limitation on what we can do. We focus on asana, pranayama, meditation, mudra, bandhas, things like this that are within the scope of yoga and there's a whole lot we can do. It's very powerful. But I'm not going to, you know, resolve somebody's uh, bulging lumbar L4. Like, I'm not just going to say, oh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to fix that for you. It's like, you know, I'll share some process, some practices and uh, actions and movements that might be helpful, might feel good for you. And uh, maybe give some clarity on what does and doesn't feel good. But I'm not going to say I'm going to heal that. I'm not going to try to fix that. 
I'm not going to say I'm going to heal their ailments, their sick or whatever, right? We just stay within the scope of we're teaching asana, pranayama, meditation, mudra. We're helping them have a spiritual experience, a connection to their sense of self and their self-awareness. That's why it's so important that it's so open-ended for people to have their own experience. Even if I'm just teaching one person, I don't know where their energy's at or what's happening inside. I can make some educated guesses, but ultimately they know and they decide and I'm directing them back to their inner authority, the true self within them, the Atman within them. That's what we're doing in yoga. And within that awareness, they might have some massive realization that I could have never foreseen of like, oh, if I move this way, that completely alleviates that pressure on my back. Uh, but I give them some guidelines of how to work within that. And teach what you know. So there's a lot of things I don't know about the human body and may never know. And that's okay. But I'm always learning things every day. And I try to learn new skills. If I don't know something about like what might have caused this person's low back pain, I'm going to go do some research. Look at some studies. Look at some physical therapist videos. Talk to a physical therapist. Uh, talk to other yoga teachers. Go to different trainings. Read books. And always be learning because there's always new things to learn in this study, which is really fun about it. So yes, number one, I think, yes, you should take requests, and it very much personalizes the class to each student, and keeps me on my toes, it keeps me learning, keeps me growing as a teacher, so I have to adapt to these different requests. And so the second thing is to, when you start a class, which I always check in, welcome to our Hatha class, Great to see you all. If you have any requests, uh, let let me know. I'll check in. Uh, Allison, how are you doing today? You have any requests, right? And then I, on my Zoom meetings where I'm currently teaching, I'll just go to each person and check in like that. Sometimes there's nothing. Sometimes there's ten different things, and you figure out how to navigate it. And number three is uh, is it so? It's a to consider for yourself. Is it an issue of too much stira or too much suka? If low back pain, tight hips, these things, are they too much stira, too much tension, too much contraction, or are they too much sukha? Something like uh, they just injured their shoulders, their, their shoulder, their wrist, right? So that's too much sukha now. It's, it's got to recover. It, it can't put weight on it right now. So it's, it's vulnerable. So too much sukha. So we don't want to just add a bunch of stira on it and make it work really hard. We want to be mindful of that. So always, as I've talked about so many times, always be mindful of the stira and sukha at play in everything we're doing. Number four, it's okay to say, I don't know. And I encourage you to say it a lot. And okay, uh, so you've got a torn meniscus. Oh, I don't know what that means. I don't know what a meniscus is. Where is it? Oh, it's in my knee. Okay, well, what has your doctor said? Oh, they said I can't do this or that. Okay, well, Great. I'm going to look into that more and we're going to you know, make sure I try to stay off the knees today. And if you notice things that don't work for you, let me know at the end and we can adapt things. Or as you go, you can adapt things. Number five, and if you don't know, go back to your studies to learn more. This is where the Svadhyaya, the number one thing, comes back. Going to teachers that you trust, having your own experience, trying things. If you read about it or hear about it or learn about it, practice it, try it, see if it applies for you. Number six is think in, think in terms of many sequences. Again, this is a huge topic beyond the scope of this episode, but it's essentially breaking down all you know about yoga into little mini sequences. So if you could think of like one up to eight poses that would alleviate back pain. What's one pose that if you've had back pain helped alleviate it? Or if you work with a student, 
this is where one-on-one stuff can be really helpful in in a teacher training context, like with a peer, like trying things, like uh, what happens if you do this? Okay, your legs up the wall. Does that feel better on your low back? Better or worse? And I encourage you to say that a lot when you're working with people, like better, worse, the same. Uh, instead of uh, does that feel good? Right. Most people are gonna say yeah, okay, it's good. Uh, but better, worse, the same. Then you get feedback. Number seven, in general, everybody just loves yoga and will feel great. So if you're like, oh my gosh, I don't know what to do about low back pain, neck pain, hip tension. Uh, It's too many things. I don't know what to teach. Uh, Just teach yoga. Just teach a good, well-rounded sequence. Get some lunges. If it's like a Hatha class, some lunges, some warrior two, maybe a balancing pose, warrior three, tree pose. You know, just a whole well-rounded sequence from all the different body positions, Uh, some of the different pose categories, the different movements of the spine and the hips and the shoulders, which I know it sounds like a lot, but in our class, very doable to address the whole body in a well-rounded sequence. And if you do that, people will be happy. If you're not sure how to do that, listen to my yoga podcast, uh, talk to your teachers, check out my teacher training, do some studies, read some books, right? It's totally doable and totally attainable. And People will feel great, even if they if you don't even address their requests. Because oh, I don't even know what to do with that. Just teach it well-rounded sequence, some hip openers, some shoulder openers, a little bit of core work maybe, and you'll probably be good. The five movements of the spine, you'll be good. Number eight, encourage feedback. So after class, how did that feel? Any, requ- any uh, feedback about that? So anything you noticed? And then finally, if appropriate, number nine, follow up with that student. If you see them again at your class next week, oh, hey, Sally, how's your shoulder doing this week? You know, but don't bring it up every week then on. Of course, you don't want to uh, be invasive, but, you know, let them know that you care, you listen, you follow it up. Like, you're okay, I remember you had that thing with your neck last week. How's it going now? Uh, is it still bothering you? Feel better? Was the class helpful? Especially as you're a new teacher, you want to get that feedback and know, like, is it working? You know, I I think it's working, but you don't know if they don't get feedback. And a lot of times you just teach and they say thank you and then they're gone and you never know. So so encourage the feedback and and ask. And that's how you get better. And that's how you improve. And you're able to help them in the future and help others in the future. So next time somebody says they've got neck pain, it's like, oh, okay, well, Sally, this worked with Sally. So let's try some of that again. Of course, you'll keep running into new things and, well, oh, I didn't think about that. And and then you learn that skill and then this person gives you new feedback. So the the great thing about being a yoga teacher is there's always more to learn. And as a student of yoga, it's the best path to be on because you're always going to be learning. You're always going to be a student. No matter how much you learn, I encourage you to always come back to Svadhyaya, self-study with your teachers, with yourself and your meditations, your experiments, your own asana practice. And that will give you a wealth of resources to be able to teach to any request that students bring to you. Now, if you want to learn much more in depth exactly how to do this with spreadsheets and practices and tools, check out the Quiet Mind Yoga Teacher Training, which is now open for the 2021 enrollment. I've added a January weekend class based on some requests and feedback. So I'm always taking feedback as well and always adapting so you can check it out right now and join an info session to learn more at quietmind.yoga/ytt. I'd love to see you there. And if you have any questions, reach out to me at jeremy.quietmind on Instagram or jeremy at quietmind.yoga via email. Hope you have a great week and look forward to sharing more with you soon on the Quiet Mind Yoga Teacher Training Podcast.